This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team, and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machines firing up. Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of The Business Machine. And always, as always, my name is Brian Town. I am the host of The Business Machine and CEO of Michigan Creative, as all of you know. And today we have a great guest from Pennsylvania. And Mike Sutton is here from Be, Build, Have Podcast. And he also runs that podcast and he also teaches business owners like you guys and entrepreneurs how to feel happier, more successful, and more fulfilled with their businesses and their lives. So it doesn't get any better than that because we always need to feel happier and be more successful. So Mike, thanks a lot for being on. Absolutely, Brian. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So tell us a little bit. Somebody comes up to you and you are hanging out somewhere in Pennsylvania and they say, hey, uh, Mike, what do you do? What do you tell them? Yeah. So, I mean, happiness and fulfillment are important to me and, and they're important uh, side effects, I think. But most business owners would say that they're happiest when they're growing, making more time and money and, you know, have a clear path forward in their business. So that's what I work with small business owners on is, is getting those things. So tell us how you got there, because I know in reading over the last week or so, some of your stuff, you know, the podcast kind of led you into that teaching because you have all these guests on the podcast that have all this advice. But how did you get to the podcast? And then how did you get to where you are today doing both the podcast and the coaching? Tell us a little bit about that origin. Yeah, a lot of struggle. I, probably, <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, good. Let's talk about that. I, uh, I, I got out of the Marine Corps close to 20 years ago and have never worked at a company larger than 10 employees. And most of that time I was either self-employed or owned a company. Uh, and most of that time was not very good at it. <laughs> so I started my IT, my last IT firm in 2008, October of 2008, the month the economy completely crashed. Yep. And I got by. But it was a struggle and I was working really hard and I wasn't doing really well and I, and I wasn't really enjoying it. And about three years in, I was working 80 hours a week, losing money, losing clients, on my way to $50,000 in personal debt and just really resenting the whole situation. And the only option I could really see was to just cl close up shop and walk away. Yeah. But it wasn't the first time that I'd been in that situation. And so I kind of realized that if I did that three years from now, I'd find myself in the same situation again. And I really needed to like look at, the, at what was really going on. And the common denominator was me. So I, I took myself into therapy and uh, started getting things straightened out. And, and what I realized was that you know early on, I thought I had a marketing problem. So I hired... Paid a lot for marketing, consulting, training, coaching, went, went to, a, and that was great. That helped, but I still wasn't closing sales. So I thought I had a sales problem. So mm -hmm. I spent money on sales training and, and I still wasn't closing. So I'd get in sales situations and I just couldn't close. And, and what I realized was that I was carrying a tremendous amount of fear and anxiety into the sales meetings. So my nonverbal communication, my, or I'm sorry, my verbal communication, my message was, hey, I've got this great service I can provide. We should work together. But all my nonverbal communications and my emotional communication was like, I, I'm terrified of you. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> really? And so I think people probably never like picked up on that. But it was always just that like there was never really a good connection. I was never really inspiring confidence. And I wasn't closing sales. And as I learned to let go of the anxiety, let go of the fear, let go of the self-doubt and start to see my own value. 
sales just started closing and the business just started growing. And within two years, I was able to cut my working hours by 80%. So I was working about two days a week in the business. I tripled my revenue. I paid off the debt and then got to a point where I decided I, I needed to either decide to, to put that time back into really seriously growing that business or go in another direction. And so I decided to sell the business and start talking to other small business owners about how to be happier and more successful in their businesses. So even though you turned it around and things were going pretty good at the end, you decided to just at that point, make another change? Yeah, because I, one of the main things that I realized is that I always stayed in technology out of fear. It was much easier for me to hide my head in a computer sure. than to have to talk to somebody face to face, but that's what I really enjoyed doing. So I found that I was much more passionate talking about success and, 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 and how to solve these problems in your business than I was day to day in technology. So how did you come up with how did you come up with the idea? I want to talk about that fear because I want to know what it was and, and how you found out that that was. I don't even know if you knew at the time that it was fear. And how did you know? And what were you what were you afraid of? What do you think you were afraid yeah. of? Um, rejection, not not being good enough or somebody uh, saying no to you. Well, I mean, more than somebody saying no, I guess. But like if they said no and I took that to mean that I'm a failure, that maybe that's true. OK. So I, I think it was not wanting to risk finding out that I'm really not good enough. Yeah, and we, you know, I just had somebody on the podcast that's not published yet, but she has a book and her and her husband have a book that's called Go for No. Mm -hmm. And they talk about that very same thing is that, yeah. you know, even if they say no, let's say, and, and I, we get this all the time at our company is like, okay, if they say, and I, I still kind of do it, not so much where it holds me back. I've been better about it, but I still feel that like if they don't go with us, I immediately, I don't think that we're not good. I just think that they, oh, they found somebody that's better than me. Mm -hmm. And and I could see how that in the past has limited my pitch. And like you said, like, you, you know, they didn't notice that you were afraid, but you probably didn't do a really good job at pitching that. Yeah, because the, the fear, if nothing else, made me hold back. Yeah. I, I couldn't fully put myself out there. And, and in my case, I know where it came from. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in an abusive home with a mentally ill mother and an alcoholic codependent father, and I was not set up for courageous business success. Yeah, that, that doesn't lead to success necessarily, does it? That, we don't suggest that's the first thing you probably should do. Right. Neither of my parents were business owners. They couldn't really teach me about sales. And, and so just like my pervasive view of the world was just that I'm always at risk. And I really had to overcome that yeah. to be successful in business. And, you know, most people probably don't have that uh, extreme an example or that they can look back at. But we learn about asking for sales. We learn about exchanging value. We learn about putting our, how we communicate with people. We learn about all these things from those experiences in our past. And over and over again, I'll talk to business owners who will say, you know, I, I had a coaching guy, client I was just talking to yesterday and he said, well, I, I just, I can't ask for the sale. Huh. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you, you can say the words, right? Like, yeah, but I, I can't ask for the sale. And it turns out his experience was he came from a very wealthy family. And in college, he was sharing that with somebody and got an extremely negative reaction. So he learned from that experience. Well, I just can't talk about money because it makes people uncomfortable. Oh, that's, well, interesting. that's not something that's going to serve you in business. No, you've got to ask for money every single right, time. Right. <laughs> yeah. So without, you know, you said therapy and, and uh, you know, I've read that meditation and, and those kind of mm -hmm. things, but how, how do you, and, and without going, all of us going into therapy and which we all need, I definitely need a bunch, but, um, 
how do you fix that? I mean, what's one way we can fix that? I mean, we well, can't, overnight, first, I know we can't, but yeah, the first step is awareness. Yeah. And just seeing that that's the problem. And I, and I, obviously there are differences between therapy and coaching. A lot of people could benefit from therapy. Um, but I think this is what I like about coaching because my gift is for f seeing those root causes, connecting the dots, finding the patterns, and then coming up with strategies. And so it's not uncommon at all in a coaching session where we say, oh, like, right, this fear that I'm experiencing actually reminds me of this childhood story. <laughs> like, really? Okay. So, so now that you see that, yeah. connect you know, the dots. what else can you learn to move forward away from that without having to really dig into like the, you know, the pathology of that kind of a situation? And I think as business owners, or I know as a business owner, that all those little pieces play into it because you're making so many decisions and you're pulled in so many different directions that you have to be your best self as much as possible. And, and that's difficult, and, you know, especially if there's personal things going on. A absolutely. And that's the whole like my brand, my brand is be, build, have. And that's exactly what that's about is yeah. like, one of the things I say over and over again is your reflect your business is a reflection. Yeah. And so if you're not happy with the business around you, you've got to look inside. You've got to be the person to build that business and have the success that you want. I, I, I see that very clearly. And it's probably easy to go down that hole because I think once you're in it and you're like, oh, we're no good. Or you start looking at competitors' website like, oh, they're doing so much better than us. I think it's really easy to stay and get into that hole. I mean, I know it is for me. It, it is. And the, and the I mean. It's terrible behavior. And I know I'm doing it. It's absolutely awful. And I can tell you out loud that awareness has worked you know, I got to say it several times though. Yeah. The, the, the counterintuitive thing is that it's, it's always going to be our tendency to look outside first. Sure. But if we can get in the habit of looking inside, that's where we can have bigger, faster impact. And like, like that was the whole misunderstanding. Like I thought success had to be hard. I thought it was for other people. I thought I wasn't good enough. Yeah. And all yeah. I had to change was the realization of like, oh, right, I actually can do this. I am good at this. I don't have to worry about all that other stuff. And then it just falls into place. Yeah. And that's, I think, as business owners and people that you have to do that daily. I mean, there has to be some sort of, you know, practice and it doesn't have to be long and it doesn't have to be complicated. But I think that daily reflection of some point, whether it's five minutes of meditation in the morning, writing something down, I think that has made such a difference in what we do here. Absolutely. It's tough. All right, Mike, what give us 10 years. We'd like to look. So 2026, I know that's a lifetime away, especially in technology and our businesses. But uh, wh where do you hope? What, what do you hope know, you'll be doing? <laughs> that's probably the question I'm least prepared for. Okay. I, I recognize like right now, I, I my business is fairly heavily focused on one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. And that's not scalable. It's time bound, like all those things that I would tell people not to do. <laughs> but I love yeah. it. I don't see it being my business model 10 years from now, but I don't know exactly what that looks like. So if I, if I was going to start to paint the picture, I think I'm doing more group coaching programs. I think I love the idea of retreats. Yeah, I do too. And, and set, like two, three-day seminars in, in nice locations at nice hotels. And so I see working with a, a group of, of growth-minded, successful business owners who are, who, who are on that journey and just trying to find the balance and, and build the business that they love and feel happy and successful doing it. 
Yeah, and so Mike, put you on the spot a little bit. Like now that you're fixed, and I do that with huge air quotes. Yeah, right. <laughs> right I joke about that all the time. Yeah, now you're perfect, right? right? Now that you're fixed and everything's great, and and you know on the surface, and it's like that here too. So you know you're the machine that keeps everything moving. Like you said, you are. If you're not doing well, so what do you do to have to keep yourself in check? Like, yeah. I mean, are there times you get in there still? I mean, there has to be. Oh, a- absolutely. And I love the analogy of a, a business machine. Yeah. Because I, I think that's exactly what happens is you, you, you build a machine and you have an expected outcome. And if you don't get the outcome that you expect, then it's because there's something wrong with the machine. Yeah, it could be whatever. But if you don't know how to troubleshoot that, then you, you just feel stuck. And in my case, the machine looked like that mousetrap game, <laughs> like this giant Rube Goldberg contraption. <laughs> right. Because I started building it before I knew what I even wanted it to do. When did I put that part in there? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What is going what on here? What the hell is that? Yeah. Uh, but in turn, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, you know, my wife and I joke about that typically in the moments that I realize just how not fixed I still am. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely, that's the case. And, and I think it's easy to escape into t- television or drinking or any of those things, sure. depression, ruminating. Um, so I, I have to be really careful that when I catch myself falling into those old habits that I, that I do step back and do the meditation and get offline and, and get away from the TV and, and just give myself some quiet time to, to reflect on what's going on and reset and go through the exercises to remind myself that everything is okay. It's all cool. Yeah, and I think you being a coach and one-on-one, I'm, I'm sure um, you're telling him the story like, hey, yeah, look, I get it. And this is what I have to do. I think that does that resonate pretty well with some of your students? Um, y- yes or no. Or I you think, don't tell them. You're like, yeah, I well, got, all, I got all this down. I'm perfect. That's why you're paying me all this money. You know? Yeah. Business is about lying to people. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, that's how you be successful. <laughs> Which actually is one of the problems that people run into. They think they have to project that they're more successful than they are. And that causes inner turmoil. So like yeah. I get all that. We do want to be more successful than we really are. Um, it's, it's, so my coaching tends to be like very much geared towards what the person wants. Okay. Um, so I'm not going to say everybody who starts with me is on this program and you're going to exercise and you're going to meditate and you're going to eat right and la, 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 la. But a lot of people will kind of come to that on their own that they find that useful and helpful. And so I'll encourage them that, and that and share what's worked for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is useful. But I do think those three things, we ta- I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs on here and a lot of business owners, those three things can make a huge difference in your life though. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you got to stay healthy and you got to, I mean, the meditation, even though it sounds kind of woo woo to some people, I think it's super, I think it's being uh, looked at a little more positive these days too. Mike, what was your biggest mistake? If you have, we talk about mistakes on here because we learn from our mistakes every, every single day around here anyway, but what was one of your biggest ones or what do you tell somebody, Hey, definitely don't do this. If you're going to run a small business. My, 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 I mean, my biggest mistake I would say is not trusting myself. Yeah. And, if I could go back in time and, and give myself that message, I don't even know if I would have been able to understand it. Um, but the way that showed up in my business is I got into a bad vendor relationship. Uh, it was actually that vendor relationship that put me in that situation of losing clients, losing money, taking on personal debt. And it took me much longer than it should have for me to finally stand up and say, this, this is over. It's, <laughs> I don't yeah. care what it costs me to get out of this relationship. It's costing me more to stay in it, and I have to address this situation. And that was a real turning point for me to, to see that, and it really put me in a spot to feel like I, I could and needed to be in control of my business and not just kind of going with the flow and 
buying into whatever everyone was trying to sell me. And uh, that was a really valuable experience to me, but definitely a huge mistake. Yeah. And that's happened um, to us. And it's happened to a lot of people that we've talked to is we just at one point thought, well, maybe we should hire somebody else to help us shoot this big commercial we're working on, because Mm -hmm. I don't think that I'm good enough or I haven't been in the business long enough to do it. And that, and it cost us. And I, now I know that we can do it and it's been, it's been so much, so much better to just realize that and be able to say no to things has been huge. Absolutely. Hey everybody, this week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwateropparel.com, that's freshwateropparel.com, and check out their spring collection of t-shirts, and soon beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company, and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan, and the shirts are 100% made in america so you can't beat that so if you love fresh water like we do here at michigan creative you should definitely check out their site lots more coming but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women like i said before beanies are coming stickers all that stuff so check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh back to the show so we don't get work-life balance very much, Mike, and I'm sure you talk about that. I don't like that. I don't really like that phrase because if you really love what you do, you can't, you know, it, it's not really work, and I hate that too. So we still need to have a time when we're not working and we're there with our significant other and we're there with our children. And when I when I say there, I mean on the floor uh, looking at them and talking to them and, and not with our phones. But how do you do that? Uh, so you're, you're saying you know that time is important, you just don't like thinking of it as work-life balance? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the work-life balance, I don't know why I don't like that because, you know, we hear that, well, if you really like what you do, you love it and, you you know, you don't mind doing it. And I don't. I love what I do, but sometimes it's hard and sometimes I need to not do it. But I think there's this mentality of small business owners and entrepreneurs, if we're not working, we're losing money. Mm-hmm. especially on the early stages, but we can't work all the time. And there's this whole hustle thing that's out right now too, where just work, 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 work. But I don't know if that works for very, very many people. So how do we, how, how do you make sure that you have separation? Yeah, I, I think it's two issues. First is it, it's easy to think that your success is tied to how hard you work. Yeah. That's kind of what our culture tells us. We, we, frame everything in the context of working hard and working to earn a living and you know what work do you do and I think uh, one of the transitions that really helped me was that shift from just like working and being busy to being productive and valuable yeah and the more I could focus on on the value of my time the less I had to focus on the quantity of my time and that's how I got in the situation where I was making much more money working only 20%. I was only working two days a week in the business. But then what happened was I realized that I actually wasn't achieving as much as I wanted to. So I needed to reinvest that valuable time into something. Um, So to the, to the idea of balance, I I think it's really just a matter of priorities. Um, I I totally get feeling like you enjoy your work and that's what you're going to talk about. So my wife is also self-employed. A lot of our conversations are just about how our businesses are doing, even if we're on vacation. Right. Uh, When it's a problem is if you're just not giving them the attention that they need, because that's still a relationship that you've committed to. If you're not giving yourself time to rejuvenate and and to 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 recover. Um, And it's really easy to get into that and just use work almost as one of those escapes, just like TV or drugs or something else. 
And, and I think it's important to be aware of that. And, and if you're high value and if you're super productive and you just want to spend more time, yeah, have at it. But if you're not reaching your goals and if things seem out of whack, then you got to take a look at it. All right. So let's go back to super productive because we hear this all the time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, oh, my gosh, how are how are you doing? Well, I'm so busy. And then people say, well, that's great. Well, yeah, it is great. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, I hate that. I'm like, well, that's good for you. Right. I'm like, Ur. and uh, so I got to come up with a better answer. But, you know, our email boxes are overflowing. Um, our employees need us. Our our clients need us. Our families need us. Um, that productive piece is super important. And, and what, how can we, how do we do that? I mean, there's gotta be, I know they can't have the answer to all end answers, but how do we make sure that the work that we're doing in is, is actually accomplishing something so that, you know, because a lot of times people will say, well, yeah, I felt like I was at work all day. Um, and I, you know, was working, 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 but I didn't get anything done. I hear that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so what right. is, give us a step. How, how do we do that? How, how do we bring productivity or, or steps or processes into our businesses that, that maybe help us be a little bit more productive each and every yeah. day? I, I think what creates that, I, I would say it boils down to managing your, your priorities. And so a lot of times people in that situation are letting the world around them dictate their priorities. Yeah, that's true. So I sit down and I open my email and now I'm just responding to other people until the sun goes down. Yep. And every time the phone rings, I feel like I have to pick it up and I don't want to say no. And so I say yes and I want to do a good job and people expect me to be responsive. And like all that's a story that you tell yourself about how you have to act with the world. And if you can really evaluate what's important to you, what's, what is it that you're best at? What is it that you enjoy the most and where is it that you can have the most value and focus on just doing those things? You can frequently find that a lot of the other stuff isn't quite as important as you thought it was. Yeah. If you if if you're getting paid well to be on call twenty four seven, awesome. <laughs> yeah. But if you're not, and you feel like you have to do it anyway, then you're not delivering the value that you think you are, or you're or you're undervaluing the service that you're delivering. So then, so one of the main things I realized in making that transition from eighty hours a week to twelve hours a week was that I was significantly over-delivering services to my clients. Services that they didn't know about, that they didn't care about, that they didn't appreciate. But you, thought they, but you thought they did. You thought they needed it. I thought they had to have it. That was what <laughs> That's made interesting. the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was delivering it to every single client I had, whether they were profitable or not. <laughs> and once I realized, like, okay, so out of my 30 clients, only five of them really are great clients for me. So first of all, I'm only ever going to talk to those five clients and the rest can, can talk to my tech. And nobody cares about these five services that we're delivering. So we're just going to stop delivering them. It took such a huge load off of my plate and that I was finally freed up to go out and find more clients like them. Like the first five. Yeah. yeah and yeah. deliver the service that they appreciated and wanted, not what I thought they should have. And it also then put me in a situation to to see uh, the other thing that happened was like systems and processes, right? Yeah. So in, in my case, I was in IT and we had five different uh, backup systems. Well, every time a problem came up, instead of having my tech handle it, I had to handle it because I thought, well, I don't want to train them all five and eventually I'm going to pick one. And so then I'll just handle this myself. But then that never ended. <laughs> So yeah. what it what that came down to is okay, I just need to make the decision and pick one and 
and say, this is our standard and this is how we do business and this is how we support it. And then I never have to deal with it again. I can wash my hands of it. And so it was just going through that process over and over again to narrow down just what are the things that only I can do that I have to do that are of value. And that's a shockingly short list for most people. Yeah. You know, I'm running it through my head and people that I know and a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, especially when you're like, you're making, you're, you're solving problems for other people and you're making their priorities, your priorities. I think that is, yep. that is a big deal um, to a lot of the, a lot of the customers and a lot of our clients that we talk to. And the story we tell ourselves is that we have to. Yeah. Because the clients expect it. Well, we don't know that though. Expect it because you taught them that. <laughs> yeah, dummy. Right. And dumbass, what are you doing? Huh, that's good, man. I love that. I love that answer. Let's talk about employees a little bit. Um, and, and I know we're pretty good at hiring the right ones for the most part. But one of the things that you know we talk a lot about and some of my clients and some other people I know that are in small business is how do you, get, how do you keep them happy and satisfied just besides paying them? Uh, you know, what they should be paid, but also how do you get them as excited and passionate about the company that as you are so, so that so that you can drop off some of the things that you were talking about? So a lot of business owners struggle to hire the right people. That's not what you're talking about. No, no, no. You're saying you hire the right people. You got them. You got them. How do you make them as passionate and as good as you so that you can not do some of the things yeah. that you and I were just talking well, about? I mean, so first of all, your employees are never going to care as much as you do right i would imagine that like that's why you're the owner if, if they could be you then they would just go start their own company and take all your business and that's fine that's I, a lot of business owners will say i want another me in the company I'm like are you kidding i couldn't get along with another me yeah, oh my god that'd be terrible <laughs> right? and i'd fire him right away worst possible scenario. <laughs> yeah, you get out of here uh, but I, I think ultimately it comes down to leadership and I think it comes down to leadership comes down to clarity and communication. Yeah. So people, especially your best people, want to do a good job. They want to contribute to, to a meaningful project in meaningful ways. They want to be appreciated for that. They want to be recognized. They want to know that they're part of a team and that everybody's on the team. And so as the leader, it's really on you to, to, to set that vision, set that destination and, and keep everybody on board with this is where we're going. This is why it's important. And this is this is the role that you're playing in it. And we couldn't do it without you. And then giving them not just the responsibility, but also the authority to be able to do that. Yeah. And that communication piece is huge. And then we've learned that. And I think a lot of our people have learned that, too, that just they want to be part of something big and they want to know that what they've done, I guess, is, has made a huge difference in what your vision is. So yeah, I, I like that. Hi everybody. Brian here real quick. This episode of the business machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan creative. That's right. Michigan creative sponsors this business machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little Business Machine Podcast. It's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile friendly websites, digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are. And we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517 899 Four five three three, or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show. Hey, Mike, give us a quote. What's a quote that you like, or something oh. that you might share? Yeah, my my 
my favorite quote right now is that you can't solve a problem using the same thinking that you used when you created it. And that's, uh, I, I've seen, I, th- I think that's attributed to Albert Einstein. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what so many small business owners run into is the owner wants to do a good job. They make the best decisions they can. They try their best. And if it doesn't work out, sometimes they don't know why. But then they start looking for a solution in the same context where they made the original decision. <laughs> that's interesting. I've never heard it said that way. I like that. And, and so you're, you're kind of like against yourself from that. And that's why I always have relied on coaching so much because you get that outside perspective and you get that kind of backup to say, hey, I see how you're looking at this, but <laughs> do you see this side of it? You got a little bit of a blind spot right here. Like, oh, right. Okay. So let me, let me adjust and not make that same mistake again. So who does a coach hire for a coach? Oh, there's t- tons of coaches who just <laughs> other coaches. I yeah. think that's most of the industry right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're cold. That's right. It's just an ongoing cycle. <laughs> right. But I mean, even even in my IT company, I always use coaches extensively. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just been invaluable to me. Yeah. The, it's, it's funny, too, because you have to listen. Oh, I mean, if you trust your coach and you really have to listen to it, because sometimes I think we're our own worst enemies, you know, they'll tell you something and you're like, oh, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, that I had to learn receiving coaching was not to ask a question and then argue with the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's I do that. That was my worst habit. Yeah. I'd take something to my coach and he'd tell me, and say, no, but you don't understand. It's yeah. because of this, this, and this. And he'd say, no, I do understand. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't you hire me? I think you hired me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. What about a business book? Give us a business book that will read past the first 22 pages. Oh, that, man, this is hard yeah. because like my standby is has always been Psycho Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Huh. Um, so I'm going to cheat and actually give a second one. All right. <laughs> uh, for my, my IT business and, and a book that I probably recommend to other business owners more than anything is Michael Michalowicz's The Pumpkin Plan. Really? I've never heard of that. He's a really entertaining uh, writer, super entertaining speaker. If you ever get the chance to see him, he talks a lot about. He has a book called Profit First right now that he's promoting. But uh, Pumpkin Plan really helped me. Like, so the premise of the Pumpkin Plan is that there's like these world record holding pumpkin growers. Oh yeah, and they can grow pumpkins that big because that's all they do. And um, so in your business, you want to cultivate your giant pumpkins. Yeah. How do you get rid of everything else and just specialize in, in doing that world record work? Yeah, because I think as business owners, you, well, if we can do this well, then we can do this. And, hey, can we offer this service to our, you know, let's be this all-in-one service. And I don't think that works out very well. It goes back to that productivity issue. Yeah. You're trying to do too many things for too many people. Yeah. And look, you know, I talk about productivity. I talk about marketing and sales. I talk about HR. Like I'm not necessarily a specialist in any of those things. I've been through that in my businesses. What I really focus on is, is the mindset. Like if you've got one of those problems, why are you struggling to solve it? What's keeping you from seeing the solution? Yeah. Because the solutions are out there. We've got all these business books we can read. We've got all these great podcasts that we can listen to. The answers are out there. But if they're not answering our question, then we have to reevaluate what is the question that we're trying to ask. I think, yeah, and that's a big piece of it, but I also think that once you find the answer to the problem, then implementation is also a huge thing because you can read E-Myth and you can read Traction or you can read all these business books and put those, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, we should do this and this is totally us and, you know, we've seen it, but then you come back to work the next day and the phone's ringing and emails are going off 
websites down, something like that, you know, where we have to go, 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 and we never get to put it in place. So it's that whole working on your business. So how we've got, I mean, I think that's probably where a coach could come in because he's keeping you accountable, correct? Yeah. I, I just got a testimonial this morning that said exactly that, that like okay. you really helped me stay focused on working on the business where my natural temptation every day is to be working in the business. Sure. Well, yeah. And it does take a lot. I mean, a lot of business owners, I'll say, just spend like the first 10 or 15 minutes a day thinking about your business and your priorities. And just that one small activity every day can show significant results very quickly. Yeah. And that doesn't sound like very much time. No, but it's an but, hour more a week than most of us are spending working on our businesses now. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. That's four hours a month. <laughs> right. That's huge. That's a lot of time. So, yeah, I like that. 10, 15 minutes in the morning. All right, Mike, who could have dinner? Uh, if, you had, if you could have dinner with any business owner, who would it be and why? This is <laughs> like, just such hard questions. Come on. I'm going to go with Joe Polish. He just seems like a really fun yeah. guy to eat with. Yeah, that would be fun. I don't know. Like my first answer was actually Pat Croce, who used to be the owner of the 76ers back at like 2000. <laughs> and I don't know why that stuck with me. I just always thought he was a really cool guy, but I haven't seen heard his name for a while. So he's probably still out there. Oh, I'm sure. What about app software you couldn't live without? Uh, I use Calendly mm-hmm. to, to automate my scheduling. That is amazing. And whether it's that or Schedule Once or any of the scheduling yeah. software that's out there, to be able to just send somebody a link and say, grab an hour on my calendar, I love that. Yeah, Schedule Once, I mean, that was a huge game changer for us when we started the podcast because now I saved myself from probably seven emails. Absolutely. When are you love. available? I'm not available then, not available then. Yeah. So now just pick one, man. And when it's open, go for it. I'll get a notification and I'll be there. 100% agree with that. All right, before we get to the last question, Mike, somebody is interested in mindset and coaching and just talking to you. How do they do that? The, uh, the best way right now, honestly, is just email me directly. Really? Mike at MikeSutton.com or uh, connect with me on Facebook and let me know. R- right now, my focus very much is on growth. And most of my programs are, are not like marketed for growth right now, but that's what you're going to be seeing from me is, is growing your business. So if anybody's interested in that, connect with me now just directly. I think a lot of us are interested in growing our business. Great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Last question. I mean, you you think they, you think they would be before we get to the last question. Those are anything that I missed or anything else you'd like to share with our audience. No, this is awesome. I'm, I'm glad I was able to come on and talk to you. Uh, great to get to know you a little bit, Brian. Yeah, you too, Mike. All right, man. It's a big one. What do you think or what do you hope your legacy, Mike Sutton, what is your legacy going to be? Yeah, I love it. Good. So, I see that there's a a shift happening right now from a predominantly employment-based economy to a predominantly business ownership-based economy. Yeah, and I I agree with you. That's interesting. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, and I think we're largely not equipped for that. Yeah. Because we didn't have parents who were business owners. We didn't go to schools that taught entrepreneurship. Right. And so I want to be a leader in that movement, teaching people how to be successful entrepreneurs. The options are not between struggling in this business or giving up and going back to get a job. You know, success is an option too. You could make the money that you want in your business if you can develop the right mindset and skills and, and techniques. And so, you know, my, my goal, and this is probably too small, but right now I want to help a thousand small business owners double their revenue. And, and my hope is that within the next couple of years, I've got to significantly increase that goal, but that's where I'm starting right now. Not bad. Thousand business owners, that's pretty good. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I want local business owners to be successful. I I live in this town. I need, you know, plumbers and electricians and and other consultants, and I want them to be thriving. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Mike, hey, thank you so much. This was a great podcast. I learned a lot. Our guests learned a lot. That's inspirational to hear that too, where you really want to take care of the town where you're at because it does. That's all that matters. And small business is huge right now as it always has been. But I think you're right on that. And, and those lessons are super important. I mean, if somebody was there for us at the beginning to really show us how to do some things, I think things would be different. But um, we're learning by our own mistakes. So Mike, thanks a lot for coming on today. Oh, and, and thanks again for inviting me on, Brian. This was spectacular. I love it. Mike Sutton from Build, from Be, Build, and Have, and MikeSutton.com, just helping people and entrepreneurs get a mindset, you know, get a mindset that's right and, and ready to work on our business and, and really double our revenue and, and make things all right for our towns and all across the country. So Mike Sutton, um, find him in our show notes and reach out to him. Great guy, great program, and Thank you guys for joining us. And don't forget, a great leader makes everyone around him or her better than they are. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later.